Welcome to the show. I'm Shane Norton, a.k.a. The Sports Card Nobody, and this is episode 16 of the Sports Card Nobody podcast, and holy crap, is this a loaded episode that I am so excited to give to you, my followers, my listeners, my audience. This is probably going to be my favorite episode so far in my young journey into podcasting. Normally, I kick this off with a recap about my life. I talk about my kids. I talk about cards I bought. No time for that. This show is too loaded because coming up tonight, I have an interview with one of my favorite people in the wrestling card community, my man, Zan Morning, host of a podcast, Worlds Collide, host of a phenomenal YouTube channel, Wrestling With Cards. Zan knows the wrestling card hobby in and out. And he's here to share some of his thoughts, his opinions, and maybe talk a little bit of a Mount Rushmore debate as well. Zan is awesome. I hope you stick around for that interview after some of the the big stuff off the top here. Because for those of you that listened last week, you are well aware that I started a, um, a little bit of aggressive expansion of my audience here. A little bit of marketing. I have decided to jump into the shameless plugging of myself trying to grow, trying to extend my reach. And I'm doing that through a giveaway that I ran all of this week. And that giveaway is specifically targeted because the response that I have received to this podcast has been so phenomenal and specifically from the wrestling community. I have made so many connections. I've had so many good conversations with people within that part of the hobby. And that is so exciting. So I decided to try to uh, go ahead and shamelessly plug myself and try to grow here that I would I would reach out to the folks in that community. And I am giving away five blaster boxes of 2021 Tops Finest. All of those blaster boxes are going to go to one lucky person that entered the giveaway in this last week. Before I, I announce the big winner, I just want to give a really quick just genuine, sincere, heartfelt thank you to everybody that took the time to share, to join, to tag two people as I asked, to retweet and and just really spread the word on this giveaway. Uh, especially Drake's PC, at Drake's PC, I talk about him all the time. I was inside of an Instagram Instagram live that he was doing last week and he actually shouted, out, shouted it out in that Instagram live. That's what I'm talking about. That sort of reception from the wrestling card community is why I decided to do this targeting wrestling card fans. It is fantastic. If you are at all interested in wrestling cards, do not hesitate. Reach out to folks. Everybody's amazing. There are so many outlets for you to grow and expand your own passion for wrestling cards. And one of the ways you can grow your passion for wrestling cards is if you join the giveaway this last week because somebody's about to take home five blaster boxes of 2021 Tops Finest. Yes, I'm delaying because I want you to stick around and listen, but you know what? I think that's enough delay. I think I've built it up enough. Let's go ahead and announce the winner. I did this a little bit earlier before I, I sat down to record. I used a randomizer on the old internet, on the old interwebs, to pull the big name, one Instagram follower, I think there was something like 35 to 40 comments. One person is the winner. Per WASC, it's called, is the generator that I used. The big winner is TF Sports Cards. TF Sports Cards. 
Listen, thank you for entering the giveaway. Congratulations, my friend. You are going to take home the five blaster boxes of 2021 Tops Finest, but there is one thing left for you to do. TF Sports Cards, my friend, hopefully you are listening because I'm not going to announce this anywhere else. At this point, all you have to do is reach out to me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It does not matter. Send me a DM. Say hello. Let's chat a little bit. Get me your address, and you are taking home those five boxes. Now, quick side note, I actually have already DM'd with TF Sports Cards in the past. This individual reached out to me asking some advice on, uh, on wrestling cards. So that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that we already have made a connection. We are strangers, but listen... Reach out to me again, hit the DM so I know that you listen, and I will be sending those off to you ASAP. Congratulations, TF Sports Cards. You just got yourself $100 worth of blaster boxes of an incredible product that just saw an over $8,000 Super Fractor sell. This is a great set. Congratulations once more. All right, let's move on. Before I get to the Zan Morning interview, which I am so excited about. I cannot wait for you to all hear what Zan has to say. Zan is an incredible, incredible collector. He's got a passion for wrestling cards that you can just feel coming through the microphone and coming through his channels. This man really knows what he's talking about and he's really got some fantastic opinions and some wonderful advice for anybody who's interested in getting into that segment of our incredible hobby. But there were some just monster news that broke in the last couple of days. And I have just got to talk about it a little bit before I throw to the interview. I recorded the interview a few days ago with Zan, which is kind of a bummer because I would have loved to have talked about these two just incredible ground, ground shaking news on the wrestling card community that dropped. Uh, but unfortunately, that interview was recorded a couple of days ago. Nonetheless, incredible insights from Zan, some really good conversation. But before I throw to it, the first news that broke is that the WWE has signed an exclusive deal with Fanatics that will take life as soon as the Panini deal is over. That is crazy. Panini Prism releases here in about a week or whatever it is. It's not even dropped yet. That is going to be Panini's very first WWE product and they have already lost the license to Fanatics and Tops, which is owned by Fanatics, which means we all lamented the loss of Tops Chrome. I was lamenting the loss of Tops Finest, which you all know I am so deeply in love with uh, <laughs> in the last couple months, but it looks like we're going to get that back. But what a crazy blow for Panini that this happened before they even got to drop their very first product. I think it's a little exciting. I I love Tops. I love Tops Chrome. I love Tops Finest. I'm really pumped to know that we're likely going to get those products back. I mean, that's awesome. That being said, uh, what does this mean for the market as a whole? There is so much banter going back and forth on Twitter and and a lot of people who are way more educated on the wrestling part of this hobby than I am. So before I even give my opinions, you got to go listen to Adam Gelman, Gelman on Twitter. Uh, Zan Morning is an incredible person to go talk to. Uh, Flex Burkhead is somebody that I've recently started um, communicating with on Twitter who has incredible opinions and insights as well. Hop on Twitter and look up those folks because they are going to be able to give you more educated 
insights than I can because I'm still new to the wrestling card market. But nonetheless, I think there's some obvious, obvious things that that are um, likely to happen because of this. Uh, some of the questions that come up pretty quickly are, well, what does this mean for the Prism release? Does this hurt the value of this Prism release if everybody knows that Prism's gone in however many years? I don't think that's the case. I think that it's quite the opposite. In fact, we all know that collectors love things that are hard to find. They love things that are limited. If this turns out to be one of maybe four Prism releases, that makes this even that much more special and unique for people to add to their collection. And especially this this one dropping now, the very first Prism, this is still going to be a monster set. This is still going to be a milestone moment in the wrestling aspect of this hobby. People are going to want this. There's a fever pitch for this. We're going to see the traditional sports card collectors who are in love with Prism come over to wrestling. It's going to shake up the aspect of the hobby. The wrestling card aspect of this hobby is, is in for a change. The only question really is whether or not that change ends up being permanent now that we know it's going back to tops. We'll see. There's no way to know that for sure. Now, the other big uh, question that I have, the the big little uh, speculative jump I'm going to make, listen, Panini's in a little bit of trouble. No NBA, no NFL, no MLB, now no WWE. Is Panini going to be able to survive on UFC and soccer and some other obscure things? I think they do some entertainment stuff as well. I don't know. I don't know anything about Panini's business model. I have just no clue what happens to them, but it seems like the only natural move at this point is for fanatics to pull the trigger and just buy up Panini just like they did tops. Now I'm sure fanatics is already interested in doing that. We've heard Josh Luber talk in a lot of different, um, a lot of different um, forums, podcasts, whatever. It seems like that is obviously something they've discussed. But now I'm sure the ball is a little bit in Panini's court and how much they want to sell for and all those sorts of things way beyond my head here. I have no idea, but I don't see a road where it does not end that Panini ends up in Fanatic's um, umbrella here. I, I can't see how that isn't what happens, which means we could likely get Prism and Topps Chrome at in the next couple of years, we could get both of those products, which is really exciting. Now, I, I've talked about monopolies in the past. I've, I've, I've talked about this Fanatics um, overtake, right? This Fanatics attack on the entire hobby as they, as they gobble up every single property that they can. And I've talked about what I feel about the effects that can be. And I, I'm, I'm a pretty anti-monopoly guy, right? I think for most consumers, you should be anti-monopoly. You don't want one company controlling all of your entertainment or your products, whatever it is. It's never good for the customers. But I'm also pretty anti-exclusive deals. You know, it's a huge bummer that we can't get upper deck basketball cards anymore. You know, upper deck that has exclusive rights with Michael Jordan for his autographs or LeBron James. And I think um, Fanatics had the exclusive rights to Mookie Betts' autographs. So we don't get Mookie Betts autographs. We will in the future now, I'm sure. I'm sure we're going to start seeing Mookie Betts autographs now that Fanatics owns uh, the rights to the MLB products and owns tops. So 
these exclusive rights deals cuts out the amount of actual selection that you have anyway. With Fanatics buying everything up, we suddenly have this, this massive umbrella corporation that's owning everything. And I don't know, maybe calling an umbrella corporation isn't a, a wonderful thing when you think about the ramifications of what they did to the world. But nonetheless, we're potentially staring down the barrel of a world where we're going to get Topps Chrome basketball, Topps Chrome baseball, Topps Chrome football again. That's amazing. Maybe we're going to also see a world where we get WWE Prism, WWE Tops Chrome. I don't know. That feels like a win for the customers once again. We'll see. Now, I really want to get this moving because I want to get to the Zan interview, but the other big news that came out literally maybe an hour before I sat down to record this, Prism dropped the checklist and, oh, man, that WWE Prism release is loaded. We are seeing a complete checklist. We have autographs from just a, a huge amount of legends. Mick Foley's got an autograph. Uh, Bret Hart has an autograph. You know how pumped about that I am. Not only does Bret Hart have a, I think it's one of the legends autographs, he also has an iconic, iconic rivalry dual auto with Austin. Are you kidding me? An Austin Bret Hart autograph card, one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time, one of the greatest rivalries of all time, with two of the greatest wrestlers that ever walked the earth. Get me that card. Anybody who's listening to this, if you pull one of those cards, please reach out to me. I will figure out what I can sell, what I can move, what I can do to get my hands on one of those cards. I know I'm not in the market for the one-of-one version of that, but whatever the base version of that dual auto is or whatever I can afford... Reach out to me if you pull that because I have to have one of those in my collection. But beyond that, we're seeing Batista. Batista has never had a WWE autograph. His very first auto is going to be in this Prism release. There are China cards in here. What an underappreciated, often maligned legend China is to the wrestling industry. We're going to see her in a Prism product. That is phenomenal. Uh, Mick Foley's got autographs, Triple H autographs, Undertaker autographs, Hogan autographs. This thing is just phenomenally loaded. We also have uh, Braun Breaker's rookie card. Gable Stevens is going to be in the product. The, the, the fervor around Gable Stevens is already just through the roof. You, this is feels like a moment where people are going to be able to prospect, right? Everybody was so pumped about the Series 1 because Wander Franco is going to be in it. We now have Prism with a Gable Stevens and Braun Breaker's first WWE cards. I, that is wild. There's a little bit of prospect talk that's going to come up in the Zan Morning interview. It's a little bit different in the wrestling world. For those of you that are listening that are used to traditional sports, prospecting in wrestling, WWE, AEW, whatever it is, is tough. The whole rookie card thing is confusing. It's In the interview, we're going to touch on that, Zan and I, but we know for a fact that two of the biggest young names in the industry are going to be in the biggest flagship mainstream product in our hobby. That's incredible. That's huge. I am so excited. Everybody who has been questioning the price of this prism box, I get it. I was one of you. I saw the price of this box and I was a little dumbfounded. I thought it was probably double what I, what I thought it was going to be. But this box, these cards, these are going to sell and they are going to sell high. We just saw 
that 8,000 plus super factor of Roman Reigns and the finest 2021 product that I talked about earlier. What do you think a Prism one-of-one Roman Reigns autograph is going to go for? But listen, that's that's the big news I want to talk about. Real quick, one more huge shout out. Congratulations to TF Sports Cards, winner of my Instagram giveaway. Thanks for the entry. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being a part of this whatever I'm trying to create, this brand, this content, this being a part of the audience. I thank you so very much. TF Sports Cards, congratulations. Reach out to me, DM me anywhere you'd like. Let's get together and get you those cards. But that's it. Listen, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to throw to my music. You're going to listen to that dirty rock that I play every every episode. And on the other side of that, we're going to come out to the Zan Morning interview. I hope you stick around because that conversation was phenomenal. Zan is incredible. I cannot speak highly enough about what he's doing for this segment of the hobby. Him and other creators and other big people in the wrestling card world are starting to have an effect. We are seeing wrestling cards just gain so much momentum. And I really credit folks like Zan. So thanks so much. On the other side, listen to the interview. And I'll, I'll come back at you in the, at the end. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming back to Sports Card Nobody podcast. This is another just monster milestone episode for the show. I am so pumped to announce that I have my second interview guest ever. I've got my man, Zan Morning, on here, host of Worlds Collide podcast and wrestling with cards on YouTube. Zan, thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for letting me be one of the first people that got to interview. Number two, I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, man. So I'm really excited. And the reason I'm excited is, um, you know, I, I talk about this a lot, but the reason I got into the content creation and the podcast and everything is to force myself to learn more force myself to dive into this hobby with more passion than I can with just collecting cards. And one of the things that has absolutely exploded for me in this hobby is my wrestling card passion. And hands down, you are one of the reasons that that has happened. And I am so, so psyched to have you on to talk and share what you know about the wrestling card, uh, the wrestling card segment of the hobby with the audience. So thank you for coming on. Let's talk some wrestling, my friend. Man, where do we start? I'll let you steer the ship because I will go off the rails because there's so much you could talk about with wrestling. It's endless. It's timeless. Let's see where these rails take us. So let's first and foremost, let's start with you, my friend. So wrestling is still looked at in the, um, I mean, we'll call it sports sports card world, but the trading card world, it's still looked at a little bit with, I guess, like disrespect. There's a lot of ignorance around it, but you, I mean, you have uh, a podcast, you have a YouTube channel that you've done for about a year now, I believe. That's got mm-hmm. almost a thousand view, a uh, thousand subscribers on it. Why wrestling cards? How did you end up in that part of the hobby so deep? I will cut to the chase on the typical background. Started in the hobby when you're a kid, you know, collecting baseball, basketball, football, action figures. As I got older, it became music. It became vinyl, cassette, rare cassette tapes, uh, still action figures. But the one thing that's been consistent through all that has been professional wrestling, no matter what aspect it was, like whether it was going back and buying the WrestleMania, the album on a rare vinyl release, or, you know, going back and buying wrestling figures, wrestling programs, whatever it was, 
it's always been about wrestling for me because to me, wrestling is timeless. I mean, I don't want to go too far off here, but let's think about sports. And, you know, everybody wants to talk about sports cards and how they're the biggest, nicest thing you can make money, blah, blah, blah. How many people are going back and watching Super Bowls from 20 years ago? Not many that I know of. How many people are going back and watching WrestleManias from 20 years ago? Every day. Like, it, it, that's why I like wrestling. It just never gets old. Um, and then as far as the cards go, you know, I do collect other things. But it seems like the cards, it's kind of fun. It's been a funnel down approach. I've always loved cards, but it, they're easier to store. Out of everything I've ever collected, they have more value to them long term. And they bring me the most joy of anything that I've ever collected. So that's kind of where that funnels down to and my opinion on wrestling in general. Man, I, I so feel you on that last point because uh, I definitely have a collector's mentality. I, I've collected comics for a majority of my life and I collect um, action figures, specifically hot toys. And I, I love comics and I love my hot toys figures, but man, it run, you run out of space pretty quick with that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's the whole reason I was funneling down. Like, as you know, I know this is an audio, but you can see in the background of my video, I do, there's, you know, I'll pick up one thing here or there. And I think that's fun because nostalgia drives everything. You know, you remember something you couldn't afford when you were a kid growing up or something latches onto you that pr produces that nostalgia and you want to own it, which is again, going back to cards. That's what, that's why we do this mostly is nostalgia driven. I, th I still think it's okay to dabble here and there, but man, I just keep going back to the cards over and over again. The, the nostalgia is crazy. It, it's kind of unbelievable. What kind of a motivator that can be it. I mean, you look at how many things in uh, like even movies and television right now that are exploding, like stranger things a couple of years ago, that just captures that nostalgia of being a kid or from Absolutely. the 80s or whatever it is. It's, it's a powerful um, money grabber is what it is. And that's what wrestling cards are becoming. 100%. Money grabbing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So speaking about the wrestling cards, Zan, listen, you are a killer cross guy. That's your guy. You, you are a super collector. You're constantly sharing the, the different cards that you've added. You're constantly po um, putting on the social media. If anybody's got any, if you pull any from this set, let me know. Killer Cross is a little bit more of an obscure wrestler to be such a super collector, super passionate um, a guy to grab. Why, why Killer Cross? So when I was, I, I've been collecting wrestling cards forever. Hogan's been my guy, Steve Austin, The Rock, you know, and I've been putting together as a side note, I bought the complete run of 82, 83 All-Stars set from Matt Cardona inadvertently. I didn't know I was buying from him at the time, but then I started getting those signed and I'm going down that rabbit hole. So I'm not a big set collector, but this is a set that I'm trying to get signed as, you know, as many of those guys that are still alive or if I can find them on eBay. So I got that going. And then I dabble with singles, pick up some Roman Reigns, uh, again, The Rock, Steve Austin, dabble with some sports stuff, some non-sports stuff, you know, all that, like, I've got my lane of singles, but I love super collecting. And I was like, okay, where can, where can I go? Like, I, I don't, I want to do something modern, but at the same time, uh, I don't, I can't really find myself with any attachment to anybody in AEW. I like some of the guys in WWE, but I, I just can't get that attachment, but I I'd seen cross in the independence and in AAA wrestling. And then I started watching him in NXT and I saw his presentation, his intensity. And I'm like, I can, totally relate with this guy and maybe it's not healthy but like the way that he walks to the ring is how i wake up every morning like i don't care what's in front of me i'm gonna conquer it good bad and different and i was like i can relate to this i love the intensity i'm gonna start super collecting which actually started and we could get into this if you wanted uh about prospecting can you prospect wrestlers 
obviously, uh, not too far into my journey with super collecting Karrion Cross or Killer Cross. Now, uh, he got cut, WWE cut. So, you know, my a lot of feedback I would get is, why are you super collecting somebody that got cut? Like, you're not going to make your money back. You, you know, that's a bad quote investment. And I was like, guys, I don't care. Like, I'm having fun. The collection, like the act of super collecting and trying to get one of every single thing, putting together rainbows, trying to get rare autographs and one-offs and stuff like that. That's what drives me. I can make my money elsewhere, but this super collection is just something that continues to grow. I can't wait to see more products that he comes out in. I mean, not tops, obviously, unless he goes back to the WWE. That's always a possibility. We've seen it happen, but it's the act of like constantly having that chase. That chase could be a dollar. That chase could be a thousand dollars. Trying to put together the best possible collection of a specific talent has just been a total blast to me. I used to do it when I was a kid with Shaquille O'Neal and Dennis Rodman. I tried starting that again a couple of years ago and realized it's just there's thousands of cards. It's going to be so expensive to try to get back into that. But I love that kind of that lane of super collecting. And then I started seeing some people in sports cards collecting really obscure players or team collectors and just going all. I'm like. This is it. This is I what this is what I want more people to do. And then, you know, the farther I get into wrestling, I start seeing there are actually people out there that are super collecting the new day or super collecting random just guys like Tony Vela from WrestlingTradingCards.com and the World's Collide podcast going after Kurt Angle and Dexter Loomis, two people that are, you know, fairly popular, but they're not the tippy top guys that you would expect people to be super collecting. So that's one thing that I would just encourage with wrestling is um, find the talent you like, latch on to him, start buying all his stuff, regardless of the money. Kind of like we just talked about with nostalgia. I mean, the relatability is huge, right? And that's something that wrestling really can have over some of the other um, other sports because you're seeing these characters come out, these bigger than life characters that you can find attachments to, whether it's their entrances or their finishing moves or they're just their charisma or attitude, whatever it is that really is a drawing factor to want to get their stuff. I mean, Bret Hart has stuck with me since I was a kid. I talk about it all the time on my podcast. I'm such a, a big Bret Hart fan. I mean, nothing still hits me is like, there was the old uh, commercial or something where he turns around, the camera's coming right at his face and he's got the glasses on. I mean, that was the coolest thing yep. in the world for me as a kid. And that's still like, I wish I could be that it's cool still now. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And so like wrestling, like being able to relate and have those sort of like emotions towards the characters is so big for it. And, it's awesome to hear that you, you latch on to somebody who's obscure and who cares if they're obscure, right? There's something, it's something that you care about and that you love. That's what makes the hobby as a whole. So awesome. There's so many lanes you can take that you can express yourself and enjoy. So that's, I, I think it's awesome. And it is phenomenal. Uh, I don't know. Was it like a week ago that cross actually commented on Twitter to one of, one of the things you posted? I think he said something along the lines, like he's always seeing your passion about this and he, and he, how cool is that, man? What a win. How often are you going to see that in sports cards? Almost never. 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 Yeah. You, right. you know, people go out there and they, they buy Trey, Luca, Ja, whoever it is. And, you know, you could be like, you could show them their, your one of ones. You can meet them in person. They're not going to care. No. But wrestling, like like the these guys, for the most part, not always, but for the most part, they see their fans and they respect the respect that they're given, whether it's cards or whether it's, you know, meet and greets, stuff like that. And yeah, it's very, very cool. And um, not that I'm looking for validation, but I'm just like, th this is, you know, this is awesome. That's why I do it. And, you know, more, more and more are going to keep coming, still trying to find one of ones and, you know, we'll see what happens with his collection. I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, 
I had never truly met you until we we sat down to do these recordings. But um, I was like proud, proud for you when I saw that happen. I, I screen grabbed it and shared it with my friends. Like, look at this. This is awesome. <laughs> so congrats on that, man. That's that's super rad. Um, Thank you. But all right. So let's let's talk more about the the wrestling hobby as a, as a whole. Um, over the last couple months and even more than that, wrestling has really started to gain so much traction. We've seen record sales of uh, the rock cards, a couple of gold 2014 and 2015, I think sold for something like 15 grand. We've seen uh, Drake with at Drake's PC, make a couple huge purchases. We're seeing like these record setting prices all the time. And um, when this comes out, it won't drop yet, but the prism WWE, the first prism box right now is pricing around eight, around 800 bucks. Why do you think it is that we're seeing this, this beginning of what could be a, a boom or maybe we're in a boom? To be honest, that's an interesting debate that has gone back and forth with people within the wrestling card hobby. And I think if you're coming into this as a wrestling fan or somebody that just collects sports cards, maybe you're a lapsed fan, maybe you just don't understand wrestling. There are those people out there too that are huge Prism fans and they do everything Prism. So they're like, hey, I liked UFC Prism. Here comes WWE. Let's see what this is about. It's, it's an interesting dynamic because the wrestling card diehards have never seen anything like this before. And to be honest, some of them are getting bitter about it because they feel like they're priced out. Uh, they feel like what is actually rare, like a, you know, a gold prism, like, Oh, well that's out of 10. I can get that in tops. Like they just don't understand kind of how prism works on the flip side. People in sports cards don't have any idea how diehard wrestling fans are. They don't understand that, that like, WWE has one of the biggest followings, which we've talked about off air, and that wrestling fans are going to spend money. They spend an absorbent amount of money on T-shirts, on action figures, and random kind of wrestling novelties. It's just now starting to come into the cards. I want to really, I want to say that AEW's Upper Deck product really put a ton of eyeballs on wrestling cards. So the fans were coming in there and they were like, okay, I want these first AEW cards. But then they were noticing, okay, well, my favorite guy in AEW, he had shiny parallels and top stuff. I want to go back and buy that stuff. That's raised the prices. And then we're, honestly, this is what I'm hoping for. And this is what I think might be happening. There are a lot of sports card collectors that understand how Prism works. They understand markets, rarity, scarcity, all of those things. And they're finally like coming out of closet, so to speak, as being wrestling fans. It's always been looked down upon. Wrestling has always been like that low rung, low brow entertainment. You know, they got to deal with Fox. They're on mainstream TV. They're, they're huge. And I think a lot of them are coming out and saying, yeah, I used to watch wrestling in the eighties when I was growing up or I was an attitude era kid. I remember these things. And then they know the, they know prism in sports. They combine that with their fandom for prism. And it's just a match made in heaven, so to speak, because then they're like, okay, well, I know what the, the sports stuff does. I can get the WWE stuff for a fraction of that price in the same type of a product that I know what's rare, what to buy. And they're starting to come out of the woodwork now and putting down real money, which is, is doing nothing but expanding the hobby, getting the eyeballs. And obviously we want uh, the cards to go up in value. But a lot of that, that's the other thing about the wrestling community is a lot of these cards that come up, you're not going to see them again. Like once they're sold, they're locked away in a collection, whereas opposed to there are many people in the sports card world that are, you know, looking for margins, like they buy something, they're looking to sell it the next day, uh, those sort of things. So wrestling is definitely 
one of the most interesting dynamics as far as how wrestling works with the hobby that I've ever seen in any other aspect. That you made two really interesting points in there. The first is um, it's really it's a good point about the AEW product because I um, you've talked about this a lot on your on your content about how there's so many wrestling fans that don't collect wrestling cards, and I was definitely that for a long time. Uh, really until the last uh, three months, maybe even six months that I, I've started to really dive into this segment of the hobby. But um, I am, I talk about it all the time. Like I'm an AEW guy. I watch every Wednesday. It's tough to watch on Fridays, but I still really keep up with the WWE. I'm always reading about it. I, I pay attention to the WWE. Like I do most baseball games. I'll watch every Dodgers game, but I'm going to read and keep up with every other baseball game. That's really how I pay attention to the, to the WWE. I just bought the WWE 2K22 game. I still really love the industry and I love what the WWE can do, but I am an AEW guy. And when that AEW set was coming out, I was really excited about it. I was surprised at like the price when it was first coming out because I had already gotten, a, I think, a um, one of the WWE tops boxes, which was like half the price of what the AEW product was. But I still bought a box because I really wanted to have the experience of ripping one. I was really happy with it. And I hadn't even really thought about this before until you were talking about it. That may have really helped me like start to open these floodgates too. I, I give so much credit to me landing my eyes on the top's finest product, but it was that AEW product first that I went out and saw and, and bought just to buy and rip. So that's a really, really good point. I think you've, you're onto something there. Um, and the other thing you, you said in that answer that fascinates me, and you can definitely, I'd, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, is the differences between the wrestling community and the traditional sports card community. There does seem like there's a, a huge segment of the wrestling community that is, um, I don't know, for lack of a better word, hoarding, right? They buy Absolutely, stuff. And yeah. like you said, you never see it go out again. I've heard people talk about this a lot and I've started to really get the sense on Twitter that that's the case. Why do you think that is? I'm not sure. I really don't know. Um, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword at the, you know, the, the, a lot of these people that are hoarding stuff, some of the stuff is, I mean, they're sitting on thousands and thousands of dollars if they were to let it into the market. On the flip side, there are people who are hoarding stuff like, I, you know, I don't know why. And hmm. um, I think those type of people, the, the, the second part that I mentioned, they're the type of people that they're, they're just collectors first and foremost, which there's nothing wrong with. Um, but in the sports card world, there are people that, that, you know, are just trying to flip or make money, whatever. But there's also this business aspect that I think sports card people get that the traditional wrestling card collectors don't quite understand. And you can see it all the time within the sports card world where people are consolidating to then buy something else. You've said it on your content before about how you'll buy something and then maybe all of a sudden you've got an opportunity to turn that into applying it towards something else you do want to purchase. That happens all the time in sports cards. That's how somebody can work from you know a couple hundred dollars to having a million dollar collection. It's, it's hard work and a lot of effort and not quite as much hoarding as opposed to the wrestling end. Um, it seems to be that case. And I think it's kind of stunts the growth of the wrestling card hobby overall. And the reason I say that is because if there's only, okay, there, there could be a thousand copies of a card, let's say, but if that's tied up in like 50 people's collections and they're mm -hmm. hoarding multiple copies, then how is any, how is anybody going to find that card? And then it gets to the point where if they can't find the card, they're just going to lose interest and they're going to go elsewhere. And all of a sudden the card that's been hoarded for however many years, uh, they decide they want to put that up for auction or whatever. Well, there's, there's been less interest in it because the public hasn't seen it as much. And yeah. they, they just kind of wrote it off as being like, Oh, well, I, 
you know, I'll never see that again. Now there are diehards that keep it saved on their search list and whatnot. But um, with this new stuff, like not only like we've never seen modern wrestling ever have a spike like this. And when I say modern wrestling, generally within the past five to 10 years worth of product, um, you know, it's always been a vintage driven thing. It's, it reminds me a lot of vintage baseball where there's a, there's a ton of like super high value vintage baseball, even in low grade, there's a lot of that with wrestling and that's kind of where wrestling's always been. And yeah, sure. People buy the modern product, but now it's, we're starting to see modern values sell for more than a lot of the vintage stuff. And I'm, I'm here for it. Like, I don't like the modern product as well as I do the vintage. I'm definitely more of a vintage guy, but I dabble with modern and it doesn't matter whether I like it or not. I'm just sitting back and like clapping every time, every single time I see a record sale, I'm like, yes, this is, this is what we need. This is what a lot of people before me have been kind of pushing the market for this whole time. Yeah. It's interesting though. Um, I mean, you kind of touched on how it's a double-edged sword for people that are hoarding it and whatnot, but it is also a little bit of a double-edged sword with the, with the price spiking too, because yeah. um, again, you, you already mentioned this, but like there has been a lot of resentment about the price of this, of this prison box coming out. I've seen people say, you know, it's such a shame that tops lost it. I mean, the, the, this part of the hobby's ruined now, everybody's being priced out. And I'll admit, even I have, you know, complain to my friends like, Oh my God, did I get priced out of wrestling? As soon as I got into wrestling, you know, it is a hard pill to swallow, but I did go and buy a, a box of prism. Um, I'm excited to get it. I think I'm going to hang on to it and, you know, see what happens with it. But I mean, do you, what do you think? Do you think that there is a fear that people are going to be priced out? There's already been that there, there was actually already that when we started seeing some of like, uh, I'll say like the 2002 Fleer Royal Rumble. That's that's for anybody who isn't familiar. That set has the uh, I don't want to get too deep into this rookie card debate with wrestling because that's a whole other topic. But uh, it does have the first true rookie cards of John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Batista and Randy Orton, all essentially Hall of Famers. Right. So we saw even with those four, the big four cards in that set that at this point been out for almost 20 years. Right. We're seeing those go up to, you know, not even that expensive. Like, uh, I think the highest sold copy we've seen is like a John Cena PSA 9 for like just shy of $2,000. In the grand scheme of things, that's not that much money. But there's this thing with the wrestling card, I'll call them traditional wrestling card community, where they, they don't understand the business aspect. They don't understand a lot of times work ethic that you see all the time every day in sports cards, social media, um, buying, selling, flipping, understanding margins, understanding the market, et cetera. Again, it's um, the wrestling card guys are just like, they, they buy the stuff they want and they're not letting go of it, which again, we've just talked about that. Um, so we've already seen that some as far as like I'm priced out. But what I've been flying the flag for, and you could even take this into sports cards if you want, because you know as well as I do, we've seen it there too, is it doesn't matter. Like You don't have to just go out and buy the newest product to rip wax. There are so many different ways to enjoy the hobby. You know, Become a super collector. Pick, you know, pick somebody. You mentioned Bret Hart. Okay, so hypothetically, you get priced out of Prism, but Bret Hart's in there. Okay, well, all you got to do is just chase singles now, just like you would any other product when you're going out and looking for stuff. So I think it's, um, you know, I don't understand why kind of the traditional wrestling card collectors is being so bitter about it because we're not seeing that from the sports card guys coming in. Uh, I think it's just because they can't get those rare cards that they wanted for $2 anymore. And now they're, they're upset about it as opposed to being like, Hey, this is great. All the collection I already have, 
all that just went up in value. And I'm just going to keep operating in the hobby the way that I have been for ever, you know, picking up what I can for whatever price I can afford instead of just saying, well, I'm out because we don't want anybody to leave any aspect of the hobby. We want any kind of card or collectible you're in to keep growing. So I don't, you know, not the, the straight up spike necessarily. You mentioned that, how that could be bad in some cases, but you know, just the gradual climb of overall value of any collectibles is ideally what all of us want as collectors. I think one of the things that people kind of, and, and I, I kind of forgot this too, when I was first seeing the price of that prism box is that Panini doesn't just make Prism. They're going to make they're going to make other products that are going to be lower price points and higher price points. I mean, I haven't seen anything yet, but I mean, they might do a flawless version of WWE that's going to be through the roof. You know, similar to what Tops Transcendent, you know, Tops Transcendent was a very very expensive product to buy a box of. Uh, I had no shot at that, so I bought the Bret Hart single, mm-hmm. uh, just like you mentioned. Um, but they're also going to probably make, I don't know, maybe they're going to do Chronicles. That's going to be much yeah. more affordable. You know, maybe they're going to do a, a Don Ross, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do, but there's going to be the different, the, the low, the medium and the high, the prism is just the flagship. And I think you're right that a lot of the wrestling community just now being exposed to what prism is, it's a little bit eye opening. Um, but I do think overall, it's going to be huge for the hobby. It's going to be good for the segment. It's, it's all good news in general. 2022 is going to be the biggest year we've seen for wrestling cards between the upper deck AEW release and then prism coming out. And who knows what both of those companies are going to put out for the second half of this year. It's like, there's no better time than now to get into wrestling cards. And again, it's not necessarily from a dollar perspective, although you could look at it as, you know, this might be the cheapest time you could get in, but I mean, it's just fun. I mean, you, you know, as well as I do, like wrestling cards are just fun. Yeah, they're they're incredible, man. I, especially with the nostalgia and the being able to relate to the characters, they're phenomenal. Um, so you you touched on a little bit just now um, about what people can do if they feel like they're priced out. There's other avenues to still collect. In general, if somebody is just getting into wrestling, someone like me that got in a few months ago, what advice do you give to somebody who wants to start to dive into this part of the hobby? Excellent transition. I kind of trashed the wrestling card community for being um curmudgeons and not wanting to put work ethic i'm gonna flip that now i'm gonna say the wrestling card community as a collecting community is the best that you can find so what i would recommend you do is go to the i I can't remember right offhand if it's just wrestling cards or if it's wrestling trading cards if you go to wrestlingtradingcards.com first off that's your best resource for checklists information if you're looking for a card on a guy Type it in at wrestlingtradingcards.com. That's run by Tony Vela, who I do the wrestling or the, excuse me, the Worlds Collide podcast with. And you can find it there. But I believe on that website is a link to the Discord. And most people know how Discord works at this time. And there are so many people in there willing to share any type of information. A lot of times, again, you know as well as I do, you're not going to get that in the sports card world. People are cutthroat. People are not willing to help. But in wrestling, if you're looking for a price, if you're looking for, hey, what set did this come from? I've got this weird photo variation. Um, hey, I need to I need to sell this card or who needs this one-of-one superfractor to complete their rainbow? Despite them, not, again, not having that work ethic, it is a very tight-knit community and very, very helpful um, I, I made so many great relationships through these, these diehard wrestling collectors that have completely different philosophy than me as far as like how to collect, but we can get together. We can have great conversations and learn. So both of, you know, both sides can learn so much from each other. I've had numerous people hook me up with 
killer cross cards that I couldn't find on eBay because they weren't posted, but they were in someone's collection. They found out, Hey, this guy super collects them. Here's a price. And not only did they give it to me for a price, but they gave it to me for a fair price, not price gouging again, wrestling card community, not very price gouging at the moment. So I would look to get into the discord, uh, try to find content creation, uh, y- yourself, Brett McGrath stacking slabs. And there's a few others that will dabble in the wrestling card space, but I would say first and foremost, two things, figure out what, are you even a wrestling fan? Like find out really what it is in wrestling you like. Did you, are you just diehard AEW? So you want as much of that as you can find. Are you a, you know, did you grow up in the eighties? You like Andre the giant go up, just, just focus on Andre the giant, focus on whatever it is you truly like in wrestling, no matter what that is. And then second part is education. Start learning rarity, start learning about grades, start learning about sets and parallels and just what there is in wrestling. If you start with those two things, number one, finding out why you're doing it in the first place. Number two, education. I think those are the best two places to start, whether you're coming in from, and in fact, I think if you're coming in from sports cards, you actually have a little bit of an advantage because you already understand sets, rarity, parallels, and then you just need to find out, well, why am I doing this in the first place? Yeah, that's wonderful advice. Um, also, for somebody who's just getting back in or decides to come into the wrestling card, whether they're from sports cards or, or just getting into cards in general, can you talk a little bit about, I don't expect you to give me a whole rundown of the history of wrestling cards, but are there any really big like milestone sets, you know, in, in basketball, the 86 Fleer set is a yeah. milestone set that everybody gravitates to in baseball. You've got the, uh, the 52 tops, especially with the man on, you've got the, uh, the T, the T209 Honus Wagner and those cards. In the wrestling card world on that end, are there any real big milestone sets that people should know about to maybe start where they can start their education? There's so much. Um, I'll hit on as many as I can. And they're, they're all over the place from, um, you know, really high end stuff you're not going to find as much that's still iconic to stuff you can go pick up right now for like 20 bucks. Like they're all over the place. Wrestling cards originated in the late 1800s, believe it or not, in the Allen and Ginter sets with like, pugilists and baseball players and stuff like that. I think I do have an SGC card. I think it's like 1889 is, is when it's dated and it is an original card. So they, you know, they go back a hundred years through, and then there's been kind of wrestling cards sprinkled out through throughout the, you know, forties, fifties, sixties, whatever the seventies, there's this wrestling card annual. And I think it's 1973 if it's, and there's an Andre, the giant card, and it's not actually a card. See, the thing with these is it was a magazine and they're paper and you have to hand cut them out. And that's another thing about wrestling is there's so many obscure oddball items that are sometimes even more sought after than a rookie card or a, you know, a flagship release or something like that. So the 1973 wrestling annuals got some good stuff in it. Then you move into probably the biggest wrestling card set of all time, the 1982-83 All-Stars. Uh, every, it is, it's unlike anything else. Um, very basic design, very basic image, but the cards just tell such a story. They've got some of the first cards of guys like Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, it's got one of the earlier Hulk Hogan cards, one of the earlier Ric Flair cards, uh, Bruiser Brody. So many names in there that went on to become wrestling legends that that was kind of their first card. And it's that I would say the 80, that is like the 86 flair, like 86 flair to basketball is kind of like the all-stars of wrestling. And there, I understand too, there are a lot of people out there that don't like the all-stars because they maybe are not as, not as uh, old, or maybe they just didn't grow up during that time. So they don't understand the importance of some of those guys and are more modern guys. 
but that's kind of where I would go with that. Um, you look 1985 is so the first official tops WWF release. There's a lot of stuff you can dig into there. 19, let's see, 1991 is the WCW and which is like, I think they're still printing those to this day. It's like the highest print run of anything ever. And uh, it's an iconic nineties design with like all the top names of everybody you could think of from WCW. It was actually the very first WCW card release. You can go to the late nineties with the comic images stuff, which has the first pack pullable uh, cards of the rock and Steve Austin and kind of that attitude era. Uh, also, the late 90s has probably got the second biggest wrestling card set that I know of, and that's the 1998-99 WCW autograph cards. They're very hard to find. There's all kinds of weird stories about how they came to be and what is in existence and what is not. It's a, shrouded in mystery, a lot of it. Um, moving on to the early 2000s, again, 2002 Fleer Royal Rumble. that has got those big four rookie cards in it. Uh, you've got uh, some TNA, if you like, kind of the, the and there's some impact impact and independent cards released starting in the early 2000s up to now. And then you start getting into 2014 is like what a lot of people see as the first Topps Chrome product for WWE. It's actually not true. The first Chrome product was in 06, Topps Heritage. And it's uh, it's not as sought after as the 14 because of it doesn't have as many parallels, which I actually think is easier for people to get into because there's less parallels and maybe the design isn't the same, but it's still got the rock Hogan, Steve Austin, Ric Flair, all the big names you would imagine are in that 2006 set. Uh, said the 2014 Chrome, uh, 2020 finest. I mean, come on, you've talked about that numerous yeah, times. It's that's, it, that's my, that's my, uh, my drug of choice right now. <laughs> it's the first official WWE top set or I mean, tops finest set that was ever released. And it only had a two year run. And then of course, 2021 or 22, I, I, you know, it got delayed. So however you want to word it, Upper Deck, AEW, and now we're coming into Panini. So I know I covered a lot of ground there and a lot of different price points, but there's there's these iconic sets kind of scattered throughout the history of wrestling cards. Well, uh, that's I actually just learned something right now. Um, so it was 2006 was the the first Chrome product you said in the yeah, Heritage. Yeah, it's called it's called Heritage Chrome, and they're all landscape. So it has yep. like a, a like a headshot. And then an action shot in the background. So it's like a double picture within, and they've done it with baseball. I can't remember the exact, uh, like it's a more of a older vintage baseball set that had yeah, this that's similar design, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like a throwback. And, but these are all chrome. So they have the base, they've got refractor, X fractor, and then a super fractor, but they're super fractors. They look exactly the same as a modern day super fractor, but they're only numbered to 25 instead of one of one. It's very strange. Interesting. But it's easy, it's easier for people to chase down and build those sets out. Yeah, I mean, you you touched on it already. How like if there's fewer parallels, it's it's almost nice, right? It's a little less mm -hmm. confusing to figure out what you're supposed to get. You know, a lot of the older sets, and I, I mentioned the '86 Fleer set. I mean, the Jordan's the Jordan, right? right? I mean, there's no other. That's just the one, and you know you've got it, right. uh, which is definitely nice. But that's very cool. I'm 100% going to be looking into that 06 set because I am unfamiliar. So hopefully other people listen to this. I'm sure because most people aren't as, you know, as diehard into the wrestling that listen to me. That's huge information. Well, I, I will say right too. Yeah. And I will say on the 14, there's a difference like 2014, which is kind of, you know, you've mentioned it. Uh, we've seen an explosion on it more recently. Mm -hmm. And there, um, Adam Gelman, Sports Card Uncensored, he's done a lot of work on this. I believe like, out of most all of the modern Chrome products, like that one, for some reason, had the lowest print run. So okay. not only do you have a lower print run, but you've also got the lower parallels within that. 
It's also the first year for WWE Chrome Gold. And, you know, because you know how people feel about their gold refractors. You didn't have that in that 06 heritage. So there are differences, and I can understand why people migrate to the 2014 as being the first Chrome set. But uh, if if we're talking, I mean, if you really want to go back, I think that's 1999 uh comic images did a chromium set and there's like i've got a it's a gold it's not even a parallel to my knowledge it's a it's it's got a gold background and it's chrome and it's got the rock and i believe shane mcmahon and vince mcmahon all standing in the ring all with their hands raised and it's they're beautiful they're beautiful cards but they're they're very very condition sensitive even more mm-hmm. so than our current day chrome so um there, there's so many technicalities in wrestling sure. that it's not even funny like it people argue about it all day long so but anyway it's out there yeah, I mean, you, you touched on earlier too, and, and I've heard you touch on this in some of your content as well, that it's so complicated with, with the rookie card label. And you do the, this is your card uh, segments, which yes. are phenomenal, by the way. I mean, that's such Thank a you. great way. So I I will also say, anybody who wants to learn about wrestling cards, listening to the Worlds Collide is, collide is fantastic because uh, you guys dive into this stuff a lot. And, the, and this is your card segments are really great if you're, if you're really trying to learn the history of a wrestler's card, I mean, you guys just did Dave Batista, I believe is the one you yes, just did. did. And mm-hmm. before that, did, was it Liv Morgan? Is that correct? No, I can't remember. I, I, we, we've done, about. we've done so much. Actually, we should do a Liv Morgan one now. We're, we're, we're trying to, you know, eventually we will, cause we're trying to do different types. I and mean, sometimes we put polls up on Twitter. Like, what do you, Oh, uh, we did a rock one recently. I don't think it's aired okay. yet, but that'll be a fun one. So, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a great way to kind of um, distinguish different types because um, I have a, I have different opinions and sports cards guys do too. I mean, would you rather have, you know, sometimes second or third year, one of ones, mm-hmm. they'd rather have that than the rookie card. And I totally get it. I go for whatever I like the best. Yeah. That being said, we cover, as you said, we cover different types of cards because we like to let people know, Hey, maybe these are ones that nobody's looking at. That could be a deal. Maybe these are ones nobody's looking at because no one cares and they hate them. And maybe this person views this as the rookie card, but this is actually what the market says the rookie card is. That's another aspect. And then we always do kind of our fantasy, like what if we could create the card, what would we do? And yet more times often than not, when in my opinion, when I'm doing it, I end up liking these kind of weird, obscure cards more than I do the quote rookie card. And you mentioned the Dave Batista episode, just given a spoiler, he has a Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy card in a precious metal gems upper deck set. And it, it's just an amazing card. And it, it's like, it's not, it's Batista, but it's not. And to me, like that card is a lot cooler than his 2002 Flair Royal rumble set. Now you get into the debate of, well, the rookie card is really sought after precious gems are really sought after. Like, so what is the more, you know, that's up to you to decide for your own collection and what your approach is. But um, yeah, that, that, ep- that type of episode that we do kind of, opens the floodgates to let people pick different lanes of what type of card it is. And kind of going back into wrestling cards, like I had mentioned, as far as like rookie cards and what to buy and what is, what does the market say things are wrestling cards does is a disadvantage up to this point. Um, There's a few sparing releases and we're going to see that with Panini. They've got that rookie card logo on there that they've usually used pretty well. So I'm looking forward to that, but tops has been kind of, they have a rookie card logo on some things. Some of it is a true rookie. Others, like AJ Styles, uh, he had so many cards in TNA before he went to WWE, and then they put a rookie card logo on him. So it can be confusing for a lot of people. Sometimes they get the rookie card stuff right, and it truly is. You'll see that logo on the first person's card. 
other times it's it's messed up so that is one disadvantage of, of wrestling cards overall is if you are that hey i want the rookie card i want that established card it is a little bit harder to do but in my opinion when you're digging that much and putting in that much work it's it's more enjoyable in the long run yeah, I definitely agree with the the exploring and how it can open things up because you start to learn so much more than you realize. But it is going to be interesting because I, I think we've talked a, bit, a little bit already about how there's going to be so many people who know about Prism and know about sports cards that are now about to be introduced to the WWE product. And there was a lot of excitement that the Braun Breakers got the rookie card logo, yeah. like you mentioned. And I can just see that there's going to be a lot of traditional sports card collectors who pick up some Prism stuff. And are going to want, you know, whatever rock cards in there, oh, I want the, the rock rookie card. And then it's like, good luck. Is it the trivia card? Is it this? Is it that? You know, um, especially when you're going by traditional sports uh, collectors, the Beckett rules, you know, it's got to right. be in a major set. It's got to be, you know, a regular number in within that set and all these different rules they have. I mean, that trivia um, rock card is not that right. That was a trivia right. game that people are, are calling his rookie card. Um, and, uh, and what year did that come out? 1997. Okay. 97. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Cause that's got the rock. It's got uh, Vince's in it. And uh, Steve Austin, it's got mm-hmm. like, everybody in there, which is, I mean, they're kind of ugly cards, but, uh, but it is still, it might be rocks rookie if that's what you want to call it. So it's going to be interesting to see how the, the traditional sports card collectors react to the confusion of the wrestling world in that way. But and we're going to find out. I think you're going to, for the first time, see a lot more prospecting. Like I, I, because you're going to have that logo Panini typically has done a decent job at making sure that they're not putting that rookie card logo on something. That's not actually a rookie card. Like, um, you know, people can say what they want about Panini and I won't necessarily agree or disagree, but as far as the rookie card badge, they're going to blow tops out of the water as far as like getting it right. And, you know, does prospecting work in wrestling? You know, that's going to be an interesting thing because, um, I'm a test study. I did it. It didn't work for me. And maybe that's just because it didn't work, but, Um, You know, wrestling is different in that it's driven by the major stars and legends, which is not necessarily the case in sports. Like, you know, you can go out and look at some of these Hall of Fame top 10 NBA players and their cards just do not get the value that a guy that's in his second year is going to get. With wrestling, if you have a checklist come out and you don't have The Rock, Hogan, Steve Austin, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, like it's going to be a terrible set. Yep. Like that, because no matter what, no matter if it's 2020 or 2002, people still want the cards of those legends. And to then say, oh, I can get a gold parallel. I can get a one-on-one, you know, that just adds to the collectability and the longevity. And then of course, in the end, the dollar amount that these cards are going to get. I know, I know, like I mentioned, I purchased, uh, I pre-ordered one of the prison boxes when it was announced that the rock was in it. I definitely let out a sigh of relief <laughs> because, you know, I would like that box to go up from that price it's already at. And I knew without the rock, it's that it's going to be a, hard, a harder um, hill to climb. So that was a, a fantastic yep. bit of news right there. Uh, okay. So we're, we're getting close to the end here. I want to, I want to move this a little bit away from just cards. And I want to talk a little more just wrestling in general and have a little bit of fun and have a little Let's bit of a debate. So I've got, I've got one question for you that gets floated around all the time on social media, but since I've got a, a wrestling card guy here, why not have the debate here a little bit? In your opinion, Mount Rushmore Wrestling, who are you throwing on there? Okay, well, I'm going to take this from the entertainment perspective. This is when I'm watching wrestling and this person comes on, I stop and I watch. I don't fast forward. I don't look at my phone. I don't do anything else. 
So I have to stop and think like, what are the four guys that I'm constantly wanting to watch their stuff, wanting to buy their cards and they never get old. So that's kind of the, the avenue I'm going to take with us. Number one, Hogan, Hulkamaniac since I was a kid. Um, I, I know like he's unpopular. People say he's not a good worker. Like guys, I'm not some armchair booker. I just want to be a fan. So I sit back and I just watch what I like. I'm not some hip, cool internet booker, you know, whatever. Those guys can take a hike. But um, uh, Hogan, number one, Ric Flair, number two. You're not supposed to like the bad guys. But when I see Ric Flair, like despite every everybody else out there, like that's what I want to be. Like I want to be the guy that's jet flying and got the alligator shoes and the Rolex. Like that's a work ethic thing for me. I'm like, I see this guy. Maybe I start need to start working harder in my own life to get to this point. And he's got the hair and he's yelling and those sunglasses, like straight up 19 middle 1980s. Like I absolutely love it to this yeah. day. Like when he so would much... bleed and it would get into oh, yeah. that big blonde. Oh man. It's incredible. <laughs> Him and dusty roads with their bleach blonde and blood and their feud that they had, like just it's, it's timeless. Like that seems to be the word of the day talking about wrestling timeless. Um, I got to put Steve Austin on there because anytime I hear that glass shatter, it's, I know something's going to happen. You know, it could be entertaining. It could be, of uh, some serious violence. It could be a Zamboni driven to the ring, a beer truck. Like we did, we just don't know. And I'm, you know, I'm super excited to see him back at WrestleMania this year, regardless of what he's doing. Now the fourth spot, I don't know. You want to put the rock because of entertaining and he's a good wrestler, but then like, I'm a huge road warriors fan. Mm-hmm. And anytime those guys are coming in the arena, it means business. I kind of want to put dusty roads up there. Cause he's the total package of like brawling blood and guts cutting promos like he could talk you into the building some of the most memorable promos there are so that fourth spot i'm gonna have to kind of leave open for a rotation but those first three definitely in the driver's seat and again i'm looking at this from entertainment wrestling cards and who i just love watching and never get tired of yeah listen man nobody if somebody wants to like die in a hill arguing against what you the the three in the rotation of four you just named they'd be crazy because you know, I completely agree. For me, number one has to be Hogan. I don't think there's an argument. He he changed the industry twice. I mean, in the 80s, that's all there was. That was wrestling in the 80s. That's what I grew mm-hmm. up with. I was as big of a Hulkamaniac as there ever was. And then in the late 90s, with that NWO turn, man, I don't know if we get the Attitude Era the way we get it. I don't know if, if that late 90s era takes off into the Attitude and then the Ruthless Aggression. I don't know if any of that happens without that NWO turn. I mean, maybe I can't, I can't revise history. I can't go back and look at the what ifs, but that is, that really helped kick off the Monday night wars that changed everything again. Uh, So I, I mean, I was a huge Hogan Mark in the eighties and I probably love to hate him and Hall and Nash more than anybody in that, in that late nineties era. So Hogan for me is definitely on that list. Uh, Number two for me, this is a Homer pick, but it's Bret Hart. I mean, there's... well, and, and technically, if you want to talk about actual wrestling, yeah. it would be a no brainer to put him on there because he's like a 100%. super technician, but he's not entertaining. And right. so it depends on what you're. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. exactly right, though. I, I, I mean, listen, I would never. It's like baseball for me. I love baseball. But if somebody tells me baseball is boring, I get it. Um, I can be yeah. objective enough to realize, yeah, there's a lot more sitting around versus if you're watching basketball or football or even hockey, I get it. If you think baseball is boring. So I get, if somebody tells me Bret Hart's a Homer pick, I, but listen, nobody to me was cooler when I was a kid and no wrestler stuck with me well into like now pushing 40 years old. I still care about Bret Hart more than I cared about Hogan. You know, when I was a kid, like Bret Hart is still the guy for me. Excellence um, of execution is not a lie when you actually watch his in-ring ability. 
dude, 100%. Um, so yeah, Bret Hart is two for me. Uh, three is again, Austin, you're right. There's, you can't get a pop that's louder than when that glass shatters. I don't think there's ever been an entrance that gets a crowd going quite like that. I mean, his peak was a peak unlike any others. I mean, it rivals Hogan's peak in the eighties. Yeah. I think he sold more merchandise than anybody in the history of wrestling. I think yeah, between the Austin 316 shirt and the NWO shirt, they're still selling. Like, yeah, you still see those in crowds today. Right. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how much impact Austin had and how much he can just get your blood going. Absolutely. Um, and like you, I I sort of cop out on the fourth one as well when I when I do this. Lately, I tend to go Undertaker because of the legacy and the length and the amount of just incredible WrestleMania matches he gave us. I don't, you know, they Kenny Omega is like the bout machine now, or I think is the nickname that he gives himself and he's phenomenal, but the undertaker and the biggest stage in the world gave us, had to give us more of the greatest matches we've ever seen than anybody else. I mean, well, and the longevity of it, right, right. That length of time. I mean, you could are, I mean, heart Austin up there or uh, Austin, the rock up there, but there's like two or three undertaker matches that are in that argument for greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. That's crazy. Uh, it is hard to, to, to not say the rock though. I mean, he also transcends the business. It's, it's really tough to say. Um, I'm also a Homer and I really love sting sting is up there for me. I know that he didn't reach those heights, but I'm a huge sting Mark seeing him still do what he's doing at like 62 years um, old. is unbelievable. Fun. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe he's not yet, really hurt himself and he should probably stop soon but nonetheless it's really cool to see so i think you and i have very similar mentality there on those on that uh mount rushmore but uh but man thank you listen that's all i got for you but before i let you go zan first and foremost dude thank you so much for coming on and being a part of this podcast um huge milestone moment for me i'm so pumped to get to talk to somebody that i've been a fan of for the last couple of months as i've really dove into this but uh please share where everybody can find you your instagram your twitter where can everybody go find you to learn more about this part of the hobby before i do that i just want to say thank you for continuing to put out great content great sound quality i might <laughs> add i, I love it like when i've turned on your podcast i'm like okay this is going to be easy on my ears there's not going to be a lot of background noise and like definitely professional audio quality so thank you for that thank you for having me on and thank you for talking about wrestling cards uh we've spoke off air and i've talked with other people there's a lot of i'll, I'll say good podcasts out there but when the topic comes up about wrestling cards they just don't want to talk about it. they push it to the side even though the wrestling cards might be more popular and selling for more dollar amounts than what they're actually talking about at that moment. They're more fun. They're more exciting. There's a bigger fan base there. Um, kind of goes back to what you said, ignorance, like they just don't understand. So I want to thank you for, you know, putting wrestling cards on your platform and saying, Hey, I like these. They're a legitimate collectible and they're starting to be some dollars behind it. So thank you for that. Uh, if you guys want to check out what I do first and foremost, the YouTube channel, wrestling with cards on YouTube, please subscribe, trying to almost to that thousand mark, which, uh, you know, it might sound like not a lot to a lot of people, but especially when you're a niche within a niche yeah. of the hobby, it's like, it's harder to get some traction, especially with wrestling cards. Cause they're going to get nobody, there. nobody likes there. to say that they like to see guys in tights run around and fake fight, <laughs> but I do. I'm all for it. I'm yeah, here for sign it. me up <laughs> lifelong fan here. Uh, so definitely check out the YouTube channel where I've got interviews. I've got, I go in through sets 
uh, talk about mar- I, do, I do a market car, uh, market watch every single month at the end of the month, looking back at some interesting takes on cards that have sold different sets and stuff like that. So try to do a minimum of one video a week, sometimes two. And then you can check out the podcast if you're more of an audio guy. Uh, Worlds Collide with myself and Tony Vela, again, from WrestlingTradingCards.com. Make sure you check out that website. And we are two different people getting together to talk about two different things. Tony's been a, he's had wrestling trading cards going for 20 plus years. And he's been in the hobby, like as a diehard collector, way more than I have. I've been probably collecting the same length of time of wrestling, but I've, you know, been take a breaks to go to figures or go to this or go to that. He has been a wrestling and non-sport collector sent, you know, for again, 20 plus years, he's going on with that. So we get together and bring up different topics. You mentioned, this is your card. Uh, we like to do round table episodes where we get some other content creators or wrestling fans. And uh, we each bring a question, ask the group and kind of just have a fun, you know, hour, hour and a half discussion of, you know, whatever it is, the topic of the day is. And then we like to talk about other things like what we're seeing in the community, what we see in markets. Uh, We recently did one about hobby influencers and is that good or bad? So lots of different topics if you want to listen to the audio versions. So that's the two main things. You can check me out on social media at Zan Morning on pretty much every social platform. And if you have questions, DM me, I'll do my best to get back at you. And yeah, I think that's it. I'm always doing something, but you're a busy man and uh, take some time and, and stay here and, and share with me and my audience. I, I, again, thank you so much, Zan. So you have a great day and thanks again. Thank you. Thanks everybody for listening and let's get wrestling cards going. Let's go out and buy some wrestling cards. Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. That was Zan morning. One more time. I want to shout him out as one of the phenomenal people in this hobby who is making a difference helping the wrestling community grow, helping the hobby as a whole grow. Zan, you are incredible. And once more, I want to shout him out because I will also be appearing on his YouTube channel, the Wrestling With Cards YouTube channel. Go check it out. We recorded just before we recorded the interview for this podcast. I cannot wait to see that, to see myself on a channel that I've been watching and with a creator that I have been just learning from for all this time. How cool that that man was willing to come on my podcast and have me on his show as well. Listen, that's all I got, guys. This episode was loaded. As always, if you are liking anything I am doing here, please consider subscribing. Give me a review. All that good stuff. But more importantly, what means the most to me, share this with friends and family or anybody you think might care about anything I have to say. You are all phenomenal. Please Reach out to me if you would like to chat. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. You can find me on Instagram at SportsCardNobody. You can find me on Twitter at SportsCardNobody. And I'm on Facebook. I'm planning to do more giveaways in the future. This is obviously an insanely wrestling-specific episode. But I've got baseball cards I want to give away. I've got basketball cards I got. I want to give away. I've got some graded stuff I want to send out. I like giving stuff away because it's fun. And also, it's not too shabby when people want to subscribe and follow because of it. That being said, thank you so much. That's all I got. I will see you all later. Have a good night.